This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes 100, the companion podcast to Dice Over Everything, where we choose a bunch of topics and talk about them for as long as the dice decide. All right, so I guess the first question is, what have you been up to with the hobby so far? Have you have you painted 100 miniatures so far this year? Uh, four minutes. Right. So, have what have I been doing? Oh, man. I, I have I know been you've... painting up. Yep. I know you've been painting Battletech. I'm like, has that caused you to reach like 100 miniatures already in 2023? Mm, I don't think so, but I did. And well, it depends. Do trees count? I have like little tiny trees mm. that are like, I don't know, what do you call it? Six millimeter scale or something like that. Well, they're actually big, but like they're, they're very, very uh, small. And I painted like 30 of those. So if those count, you know, maybe I'm there. But um, basically, I've been just trying to fill out my Battletech-like terrain. So for that scale, like I said, I painted 30 little trees, uh, some on bases. And I also painted 10 tiny little uh, Battletech-sized tanks. And even though I'm not really planning to play that much Battletech with tanks, I did... I think I'm, I, I don't think I've mentioned this before, but I have been working on a... Battletech scale game, and I wanted to have a, a single player version to like have my uh, mechs run around and do stuff. Yeah. And so I need tanks for that to make you know the bat the the mechs feel cool. So I ended up painting a bunch of those. Kind of like Gundam, where you have the giant Gundams and they just go and destroy the pathetic little tiny exactly. mechs. Exactly. Like they're nothing. Yeah. So the scale is correct, right? You mm-hmm. have to have things that are weaker so that your mechs feel awesome. Otherwise, you know, it, it they might as well just be people. Yeah. How I'm about a- you? I have been painting a bunch of, like, cultists, guys, just for our game that have come from 3D prints and been doing a lot of the metallic metal work, which it's kind of like a mix of true metallic metal and non-metallic metal, which is mm-hmm. sort of interesting to paint it, like, incorporates bits of both. But the approach has been to just start, start painting it like NMM using flat paints, and then kind of halfway through the process after doing a bit of highlighting, put the metallics uh-huh. over it, and then start yeah. shading and then doing edge highlighting as if it were NMM to like put all those lines on as if it wasn't shiny. So it's kind of an yeah. interesting look. I'll have to see how it ends up photographing because anything like truly metallic sometimes looks weird in photographs, but just because it's highly dependent on the light that you're using at the time you're photographing because it's actually reflective. You mean it clashes with the directional lighting that you've painted the rest of the miniature is that what you mean yeah because technically really true metallics are actually real shine right so technically mm-hmm. they don't look weird they look like how the real shine should be yeah it's not hyper real like painting should be i know gotta need hyper realism for painting exactly. yeah i actually feel like in general when you when you paint normally like as i understand it how you paint true metallics is supposed to be like painting non-metallics it's just when you, you apply those same things onto true metallic metals, and that's how you get to, like, the top levels. When you see people, like, uh, you know, top-level artists paint it, it's the same thing, except, you know, with true metallics. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to hit that level. This is, this is purely <laughs> an experimental range. Just looking at okay. some GW, like, because I know GW paints a lot of their stuff using mm-hmm. true metallics. But it photographs mm-hmm. pretty well. So I'm like, okay, what are they doing? And how can I maybe replicate that in a way that mm-hmm. looks looks good? Like, not all of their metals look good, but they have certain figures in their line that mm-hmm. they paint with true metallics, and they look pretty good. So 
turning yeah, into yeah. I, yeah, like I said before, I think I've, I definitely have said this before on the podcast that how you paint really good true metallics is just to paint it like non-metallics but use true metallics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one so day maybe cool. we'll be able to tell someone how that works without you having to watch like the master's YouTube videos and being like, I don't know what they're doing. No, no, honestly, you can just do it. That's how I've been kind of painting my metallics for a while mm-hmm. now in the same type of way. And they do look better. Obviously, well, the thing is I don't spend as much time on true metallics in general uh, just because of the, the, the miniatures I've been using uh, that I've been painting them on. So I don't uh put as much effort as i would the normal uh non-metallic metal but the general kind of like i do it the same way i do fast non-metallic metal and it does look a lot better when you do it that way yeah okay well we will we'll keep going with the questions so all right you've got one that's come up yes i do okay the this question is what happens if you don't play miniatures anymore what should you do with them? Mm. All right. How long does the dice want us to talk about this for? Two minutes. Okay. What should you do with your minis if you – let's just pretend you quit that game because quitting miniatures altogether, uh, just like associate that with being dead. You should kill so. yourself. No, not just kidding. No, don't kill yourself. Uh-huh. I meant like, you know, in, in Minecraft or something. S- spiritually, yes. You spiritually <laughs> died when – yeah, sorry, you didn't kill yourself. You just like, yeah, something is wrong. You got to fix yourself so you can come back to play miniatures. That's the number one thing. But mm-hmm. let's say you're right. Let's say you 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 have walked away from a specific game with a certain number of miniatures. What do you do with those miniatures? If the game is still like being played actively and you're sure you're not coming back, you should just mm-hmm. sell them. Like if it's easy to sell them. Obviously, like certain games, it's really hard to liquidate things where you have to like ship yeah. it overseas and that. And if it's not a highly valuable, like if it's not a Warlord Titan value thing, mm-hmm. it's probably not worth, I don't know, I wouldn't consider it worth my time to solicit sales and worry about shipping things all over the place. But mm-hmm. if the game's active in your community, you can just sell it off in your community. That'd be my first choice. Yeah, I think also, um, yeah, that, one good thing about our local game store is they do buy a lot of miniatures, assuming that, you know, the GW or something that is relatively saleable. So, yeah, that's a great way to go about it. And just, like, not worrying necessarily about getting the best value for it. Because oftentimes, if you try, like you said, right, if you try to sell it online, you will probably get a lot more money. But mm-hmm. you will end up spending a lot more time doing it. And it might not actually be worth it, right? And what often happens is if you're trying to sell it online, it's just too hard. And then it just ends up taking space in your closet which is terrible mm-hmm. but yeah. i have a slightly modi- slight modification over that is that i think <clears throat> you should keep a couple and put them on your shelf and right because right now you might be totally over that game but in a few years you might have some sort of nostalgia for those miniatures and you want to keep a couple just so that you can you know look back fondly it's just like you know pictures or something like that yeah, and you can keep a few for skirmish games because <clears throat> I found yeah. that like those armies that aren't being completed, they've ended up finding their ways into other projects. But it's the thing, it's the cool things that you really like. It's not the like yeah. things you bought because they're good in the game. That yeah, can, that come back. Around. Yeah, that stuff just get rid of. Like if they're just space marines, just get rid of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I think today I've got all the questions, so I will continue. Mm-hmm. So here's the question. 
How come you can't get a straight answer about how to play 40k in general? This is a weird question to ask us. <laughs> I, I'm going to reinterpret the question. Because no one plays do. it? Okay. No, no, I'm reinterpreting it. <laughs> okay, sure. All right, how, what, what what'd you roll? I heard the roll. One minute. One minute. Uh, okay, I should have thought of this earlier. What's the right way? Why does there's no straight answer about how to play 40k? Yes. Oh, I don't think it's a question about even the rules. I would interpret that as a question of like whether it should be played as beer and pretzels or whether you should try and win. Mm-hmm. I say you should only ever play it as beer and pretzels because GW just like will kick you in the nuts. If you try and turn it into a competitive game, you'll ultimately always be unhappy. Yeah. So that's how yeah, I interpret I, the question. I think that makes a lot of sense. My, my answer would be... Uh, the reason why you generally you can't get a straight answer about the actual rules in playing 40k is because for most people, like you're going in with what you're saying, is that for most people the gameplay is not important in why they play 40k. They play it for the fluff and the setting. That's why when you hear about people talking about 40k, it's always about their cool characters and their faction and all this cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's not about <laughs> the actual necessarily gameplay, unless you know. They're talking about how something's broken. So, yeah, the only cool thing so, I hear about yeah. is people building like how they built a cool army and all the cool things their army has. When yeah. they're finished the game, I don't hear them t- saying cool things that happen in the game usually. Yeah, usually yeah. when and they explain their army, they're having fun explaining their army to each other. So yeah. you know. And then the other part of the game is just building your army. That's why you hear about how a lot about how units are busted because that's the other thing. So I guess. Yeah, that that's that's in my, our opinion on why you can't really get a straight answer. Mm-hmm. All right, I think there's going to be one more. Is my guess? So we have four, five, six, seven. Let's see. We're hitting averages. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, is this another okay. 40k question? Or? If you're not into war, what other miniature games can you get into? Mm. Two minutes. Oh my god. Uh oh, dice. Look at that. Dice one this, more. This time. Yeah. All right. So I think the obvious one that comes to mind immediately is Gaslands because it's post-war apocalyptic things. So I think okay. anything really, anything really skirmishy as well. Like Gaslands, you have cars, so clearly it doesn't feel like dudes just shooting each other in a war. Excuse me, quite as much. It's like it has the death race feel to it. Yeah, I play think s- Gasland is probably the best for it because mm-hmm. it's more like there's still shooting and explosions, but that's more like an epic cool adventure kind of thing and it's about racing in general so that i would say is probably like one of the best kind of games and it also does entirely different kind of miniatures right it's it's cars instead of uh you know warriors with giant swords and things like that which is often very different yeah i'm trying to think what other games i would actually play that have like miniatures that aren't just armed with like normal dudes that could be in a war like clearly the cars aren't in a war D, I guess if you went down the D route like you're not necessarily mm. at war in a D campaign if you wanted to cater your campaign that way uh yeah and actually this is one of the things i could we probably are, are going to follow up at some time but like a lot of the the what do you call it the spice or the of of D is the fact that it's kind of like a war game when you actually go and fight battles, right? Mm-hmm. 
especially if you play with miniatures where, where you're playing with that full kind of set and that balance between role playing and playing this like cooperative miniatures game is is the thing so i would say yeah I, i'd agree uh D is another one uh, i think rangers of shadow deep even though the game is about um like the background is a war between these forces of of darkness yep. you are not actually exactly you're not fighting in in the war directly you're more like you're basically kind of a special forces person and you're kind of going on and and the battles that you do are more like adventures than they are uh uh like more than they feel like out and out war so i would say rangers of shadow deep is another really good one and it also has that our kind of rp uh feeling of growing your warband and stuff which is quite fun yeah like in rangers of shadow deep you're not really feeling like you're trying to just kill people and rack mm-hmm. up kill counts it's more about how you can sort of if you have to get around people it's usually fine to get around things to accomplish the mission by searching for clues mm-hmm. finding things and just like survival it's but it's I more like yeah it's kind of like the zombie whatever that game i really don't Zombicide. like Zombicide. yeah it has a bit of that <laughs> feel to it but more intelligently yeah and so um i do think that uh oh Blood Bowl. Why did we not mention Blood Bowl? Blood Bowl mm-hmm. is amazing. It's like a super fun beer and pretzels uh, football game. So even though it's very violent, the person said war, or the question mm-hmm. is war, not violence. So yeah, Blood Bowl is a great one, and it's a great game and super fun. I would say that that's up there with Gaslands. Yeah, there's there's the sports direction too, which yep. yeah, Blood Bowl is a fun version of that. All right. You want All me to- right. So now it's the last question, right? Okay. All right. Uh, I think I have one. Let me give me a second. I want to have one more question that was I don't think I put it on the original list, but. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll, we'll see. If okay. This turns into a 40K I got question. one last one. No, no, no. This is not a 40K question. Or Games Workshop. Please. This Answer. is about. Uh, Infinity. So, uh, Infinity has a wonderful reactive mechanic. What can other games do to create that same sort of dynamic play other than alternate activations? This is a, this is a meaty question, eh? Oh, but, but you only have one minute to answer it. Well, that will end the podcast. Uh, just making sure you have, like, when someone attacks you, just let you have some decisions of what your action is. Like, lots of games have it. But Instead rather just than the bullet in the chest and seeing if you can shrug it off. Yeah, just seeing if you roll your save and seeing if they roll too low. Like, mm-hmm. give you a couple different reaction abilities. Like, do you try and move away? Do you try and shoot back? Do you try and like run at them? Mm-hmm. Do you try and like shield yourself but be like less able to move later? Like, give the player yeah. some options to take that can influence the outcome that fitted. And for our game, uh, it's uh, quite a bit more simple, so we don't have you know that that same kind of full reaction. But we did do it where, if the defender is able to avoid things, then they get an action. So they don't necessarily mm-hmm. automatic like before the, the the fight choose two different things. But if they succeed, they get to do a little thing, which is they just mm-hmm. get to move one inch, right? If, they, if they're shot and they avoid it, which gives you the feeling like, you know, through the flow of the game that you're doing, you know, you can, you're reacting, even though technically you don't have a decision point, 
until after the result happens, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it has that without necessarily trying to bog the game down before, you know, you roll your dice. Yeah, it doesn't force, like, both players to have to make decisions. Yeah, before you start doing it. You can, exactly. keep, you can keep making your rolls without having to make decisions. Yeah. Like at the yep. same time so, as each other, so mm-hmm. yeah, and I think uh, I think that that's worked really well and helped it feel like you're you know you're doing something. You're you're when you when the guy takes a shot at you, you actually are trying to dodge at that point, right? You're not just you know taking it and mm-hmm. then you know kind of doing that kind of Rochambeau like thing. Yeah. All right. Well, that is exactly uh, ten minutes of questions. So I guess that is it. That's our episode 100 of d6 minutes that's a lot of episodes eh we've been doing quite a bit yeah it's a lot of questions on average (laughs) yeah man well uh as you can see uh with all those questions we answered this time we're we don't have very many questions left so uh we'd love to uh you know, hear your questions. Give us a shout. Send us all your questions, whether they're small or super complicated like that last one, and we will uh, endeavor to try and answer them. Or uh, if you just have any general comments, send them to us as well. Yeah, uh, you can email them us uh, at contact at DiceOverEverything.com. Yeah, or find us on Facebook or Dice Over Everything. This has been Alan. Yeah, it's been Brandon. Bye.